Welcome. Thanks for watching Impact Christian Church's sermon video. Our mission is to love, learn, and serve. And now, here's the message. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Do you need Jesus Christ today? All right. Well, I want to say Happy New Year, Impact Christian Church family. I hope that uh, you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's celebration with your families. Uh, but I just got to ask, how many of you are really, really glad that 2019 is over? Okay. Look at those hands around you. If 2019 was a rough year for you, you are not alone. It was a rough year for a lot of people, but there's something exciting about a brand new year. As we come to this year, it has that interesting number to start with, 2020. It's a lot that we could think about with that whole idea of 2020, 2020 vision, uh, having a, an impact in this new decade. There's lots that we could talk about with that number 2020. And this is a new year. It's a fresh year. It's an opportunity to have a fresh start, uh, to start over if you need to start over again. And I'm really excited about what the Lord has in store for this new year. And I hope you're excited too. If you're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, I encourage you to hold on to the promise of Jeremiah 29.11, where it says that the Lord knows the plans He has for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a, and a future. And so take hold of that promise. Do you want to take hold of that promise today? Thinking, God, 2019 was rather awful, but 2020 is a brand new year, and I want to take hold of that promise that you're going to do great and awesome things for my good in this new year. Well, uh, a new year, I think, is an exciting time to uh, consider resolutions as well. Uh, one thing I like to do at the start of a new year is find out what the most popular New Year's resolutions are for that particular year. And so I did a quick search online this last week, and I came across an article from Parade.com, and they had a top ten list. Ten of the most popular New Year's resolutions uh, in 2020. So we're going to put them on the board here for you. Starting with number ten. Set aside time for myself. I couldn't help but kind of shake my head when I read that one. I've never in my life thought, you know, what Americans really need more of is more narcissism. Yeah, uh, we need to focus on ourselves uh, more because we're not self-centered enough. Anyway, moving on to number nine. Stop procrastinating. Number eight, improve a relationship. Number seven, stop smoking. That's a great goal, don't you think? I know of at least a couple in our church that stopped smoking in 2019. Don't want to call them out by name unless they want to give me a shout out right now. But praise God, we've had several stop smoking. Maybe you have that goal for the new year. Uh, number six, manage stress better. Number five, eat healthier. Number four, get a new job. Number three, almost always makes the top three in New Year's resolutions, exercise. <laughs> okay, Lloyd, you're all over that one? Yeah, you're getting some arm exercise with that amen right there. That's a good start. So this last week, many of you know I like to run. And so on Monday, I had the day off. So I'm going to go on a little bit longer run than usual. ran five miles, which is pretty good for me. On Wednesday, New Year's Day, I said, you know what? I want to see if I can still... I haven't done it in a couple of years, still run a 10K, a little over six miles. And so I ran seven miles on Wednesday. I was tired, but I did it. <laughs> Yesterday, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm at 12 miles for the week. I'm going to run another five on Saturday. So I got up 17 miles this week, got me thinking, this may be the year for a half marathon, 13.1 miles. What do you think? 
So, it may be the year for a half marathon, so uh, let me know uh, when it's going to be live on television, and I'll watch it from the comfort of my own couch. And uh, that may have to be my New Year's resolution. Number four, get a new job. Three was exercise. Two, improve my finances. Number one, oftentimes at the top of any New Year's resolution list, is to lose weight. Around 40% of the American adult population is overweight. And so that's a very common goal that many people have. Many of you set weight goals in 2019 and achieve those goals. Way to go, those of you uh, that became a little more fit and lost some weight in 2019. Uh, Maybe others are planning that this year. Well, these are not bad goals, are they? You look at these 10, these aren't bad goals. These are pretty good goals. This top 10 list, I think, is not a bad place for many people to start. But something hit me as I was looking at this top 10 list this last week. You know what hit me about this list? I thought to myself, you know what? You could set all 10 of these goals and succeed in carrying out all ten of these goals as an atheist. You wouldn't have to believe in God or lean on God to carry out these ten goals. Many people could carry them out without God. And so once I realized that, I began to ask, what kind of goals might followers of Christ have that would be different than these goals? For us who believe that our lives here on earth are just a drop in the water bucket of eternity. The life that we live here on earth, even if we live for a hundred years, it's just a blip on the radar screen of eternity. We're going to live a whole lot much, a whole lot longer after we die than we will live here on earth. As ones who believe that Jesus Christ is the most important person in our lives, what kind of New Year's resolutions would be pleasing to God? I want to say this. Our best goals don't just aim to make me temporarily better here on earth. Our best goals as followers of Christ aim to make an eternal impact on others and to please God. So I began to think, you know, this top ten list isn't bad, but what better goals could we set as Christians? And a few came to mind. How about this one? You know what? I want my life to be about saving other lives. I'm going to donate blood five times in 2020 and help save five lives. That'd be a pretty good goal, don't you think? How about for those of us who are married and have kids still at home? I am going to commit to read the Bible every day with my spouse and with my kids, hiding God's word in their hearts so that they can have that planted in their hearts at a young age. How about I'm going to commit to come to church every single Sunday that I can possibly be at in 2020. And I want to say congratulations. If you're here today, you have perfect church attendance in 2020. Way to go. Let's let's keep it going. Sometimes I'll see someone come back to church and I hadn't seen them in a while. And they come, I say, great job, so good to have you today. They come back the next week, I say, you know, if you're playing baseball, you've just hit a double. Two weeks in a row, good job. They come back a third week. You're on third base, great job. Home run next week. And that's a good goal for all of us. Try for four Sundays in a row. Hit that home run one month. See if you can be at church. That'd be a great goal. I think that would please the Lord. How about this one? Love God by loving my husband unconditionally. That's a tough one for some wives. Love God by loving my wife unconditionally. That's a tough one for a lot of husbands. Begin serving at church twice a month. 
Begin volunteering at the local crisis pregnancy center. We're going to be spotlighting Rosa Sharon in two weeks for Sanctity of Life Sunday. It's our local pregnancy center. They literally save lives on a weekly basis. What a wonderful thing to give your life to, helping to volunteer to save the lives of little babies that will be raised by moms going through crisis pregnancies. These are just a few of the things. If people.com came and interviewed our church congregation, I would love to see what our top ten list of goals would be as individual Christians. Hopefully some of these would make the list. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, Paul reminds us, we make it our goal to please God, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. In other words, whether we're here on earth or whether we're there in heaven, no matter where we are here during this life or in eternity, our goal is to please God. Amen? And so we want to set goals that please God. And so we're going to ask and answer a couple questions today. As a church, did we please God in 2019? And over the next few minutes, as we're gathered together, we'll ask the second question. How will we as a church please God in the year 2020? I'd like you to take out your Bibles, please, and open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians is in your New Testament. It's, I believe, the seventh book in your New Testament. And uh, if you're uh, not having a Bible with you today, I encourage you to grab one of the blue ones from the rack in front of you. If you're using one of those blue Bibles, you'll find 2 Corinthians chapter 5 on page 1144. Also, if you're sitting near an aisle, if you could pass those message notes down to others in your aisle, that way they can fill in some blanks, jot down some notes along the way. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we'll be starting in verse 6. Please say amen if you're there. Here we go. Starting in verse 6. Paul writes, Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord, and we try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but we are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and who was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. May God bless us as we study his word today. 
Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new year, 2020. And Lord, our desire as a church is rather simple. We want to please God. We want to please you. Lord, there's so much in this passage, and I know we can't unpack it all in one Sunday, but Lord, I pray that you would just bring us to these verses in particular that you want us to hide in our hearts today to carry forth your purpose and plan for the glory of God and your ultimate pleasure. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I absolutely love this chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, and I think you were able to see as we were reading through part of that chapter together just a moment ago why I love this chapter. It is rich. It is deep. It is profound. It is filled with all of these wonderful verses that speak to us as we're walking by faith. Notice verse 7. It says, we live by faith, not by... Isn't that a great verse? We live by faith and not by sight. I mentioned to you a few weeks ago as we were going through our Christmas at the movie series, that wonderful line from the Polar Express where the engineer says... Sometimes seeing is believing, but sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. Isn't that a beautiful line? As Christians, we walk by faith and not by sight. How about verse 10? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or Bad. That verse reminds us that all of us will have to stand before Jesus Christ one day and give an account of our lives. And I know about you, but uh, that puts a little bit of fear in me. I want to make sure that I do what I'm supposed to do down here because I will have to give an account for my life up there. Verse 11, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. We'll talk about that a bit this morning. Verse 14, for Christ's love compels us. I love that verse. Verse 16, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Verse 17, for many of you, this is one of your favorite verses in the whole Bible. 2 Corinthians 5:17. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's our theme verse for our 180 student ministries here at Impact. Our teenagers at Impact, that's their theme verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. How about verse 20? We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. There are so many profound and deep verses in this passage. We can't possibly cover all of them in one one Sunday. So we'll take a look at a few of these verses today. We'll take a look at a few more next week. This morning, I'd like us to zero in on verse 9 and on verses 16 through 20. So verse 9, once again, you've already heard it twice. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Let's read that together, please. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Now, everyone, so we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Now, how many of you can really get behind this goal in 2020? 
How many of you would say, I really want to please God this year? Okay, all 15 of you. That's wonderful. Anyone else? Who wants to really please God this year? Hopefully all of us. We want to please God in 2020, don't we? As believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we want to please God. As believers and followers of Christ, we want to please Him. But we ask the question, how can we do it? How can we please God? And as we turn through the pages of the New Testament, it says a lot about how we can please God. We can please God by hiding His Word in our hearts. We can please God by worshiping Him in a church service together with other believers. We can please God by listening to the sermon, actually paying attention when the preacher's up here preaching. How many of you are pleasing God right now? Might need to nudge the person next to you. If they need to be pleasing God a little bit more, they're falling asleep on you. It pleases God to, to soak in the teaching of His Word. We can please God by loving our wives, by respecting our husbands, by raising godly children. We can please God by giving cheerfully of our time and our talents and our treasures. We can please God by giving of our talents and abilities and even our financial resources to Him. This is just a, a smidgen of the different ways that we can please God. There are dozens and dozens of ways called out in the New Testament that we can please God. But here in 2 Corinthians 5, what does this specific ta- passage tell us that we can do to please God? And to answer that question, Paul gives us verses 16 through 20. Let's read those again, starting in verse 16. It says, From now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, for many of us, 2 Corinthians 5.17 is one of our favorite verses in the Bible, right? This is an awesome verse. But so often we forget the context of this awesome verse. We don't look to see the verses ahead of it and the verses after it. We have to keep in mind what Paul is saying around verse 17. When we become a a new creation in Christ, Paul tells us that the old has gone. Say that with me. The old is gone. And he tells us the new has come. Say that with me. The new has come. It's pretty simple. The old is gone and the new has come. But what is this old that he's talking about? What old things are gone in our lives once we accept Christ? Well, for starters, look at the verse just ahead of verse 17. Look at verse 16. It says in verse 16, we no longer view people the way that we used to view them. And so according to verse 16, one of the old things that is gone is our perspective on people. One of the things that's part of our old life, our old nature, is our perspective on people. Before we became followers of Christ, we we viewed most people around us as annoying and inconvenient. If you doubt me, let me ask you a question. How many of you experience the wonderful pleasure of driving down the Cajon Pass on Christmas week? Seriously, only a few of us? The rest of you were smarter than me, I guess. 
You know what? When we were driving down that pass and then trying to come back up the pass Christmas week, and there were like 10,000 cars clogging up the freeway in front of me, I didn't have a very Christian view of all those people on the road. Those people were an annoyance to me. Those people were cluttering up and cramping my style. I didn't want those people on the road. And I, I feel like when we experience those traffic jams, it's like God giving us a small reminder of what our lives used to be like before Christ and how we used to view people. We used to view people that way. People annoyed us. They were clogging up the line in front of us at Walmart. How dare other people shop at this store at the same time I need to shop at this store? And it's one thing for them to shop at the same time, but why do they have to check out at the same time that I do? Can't they just spend five more minutes and let me go right to the front of the line? Ever been in the Dollar Tree? And they've got five employees in the store and one cash register open? And that line's like going back to the refrigerated section and you're thinking, you know what? If I was managing this store, I think I would shuffle around the employees just a little bit differently. And we look at those times and that's just a a small taste of how we used to view people around us. If they weren't serving our needs to a large extent, we viewed people as a nuisance, as a pain in the neck, as an annoyance. But we are a new creation, aren't we? And so we have a new perspective on people. Instead of having a self-centered perspective of people, God has given us an others-centered perspective. Amen? And what do we do with our new others-centered perspective? Well, the New Testament teaches us to love our neighbors and pray for those who persecute us and forgive others and be kind and compassionate to others. But according to 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, one of the best ways that we can live out our other-centered perspective is to be Jesus' ambassadors. To be His ambassadors who beg people, who urge people to be reconciled to God. In other words, the best thing that I could ever do for another person is to lead them to Jesus Christ. Amen? You want to know a secret? The best thing that we could ever do for a person, lead them to Jesus Christ, is also the best way that we can please God. These two are one and the same. The best thing that I could ever do for my daughters is to lead them to Jesus Christ. The best thing that I could ever do for my neighbor, or a co-worker, or a friend, is to lead them to Jesus Christ. And there's no way that I could cause my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to light up on the inside. No way that I could do that any greater than leading someone to Jesus Christ. Because if I remember right, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loves the world more than life itself. He loves the people of this world more than anything in the universe. And so when we lead one of His precious creations to Jesus Christ, it causes such pleasure in the heart of God. It's a beautiful thing to lead someone to Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul wants us to know It's so, so important for those of us who desire to please God to lead people to Christ. Oh, you are a new creation in Christ. And the greatest role that you have as a new creation in Christ is as an ambassador for Christ. He is sending you into your family. He's sending you into your neighborhood, into your workplace, into your school, into your local Walmart even. 
to be His ambassador. Wherever you go and whoever you're with, you represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He has commissioned you to love and serve people by leading them to Jesus Christ. So we ask that first important question this morning. Did we please God as a church in 2019? Well, as you know, in 2019, our 94-year-old congregation made a very big decision to move from the George Air Force Base where we had been holding services for the last 25 years and move to this school where we've been for the last three months, to move here on, on Sunday mornings and to relaunch First Christian Church as Impact Christian Church. And we knew it wouldn't be easy and we knew it wouldn't come cheap. We knew it was going to be challenging, but we believed that God was leading us to make this decision because as we've been considering the last few years, we realized over the last couple of years our attendance had been dropping. We realized our offerings had been dropping. And um, sadly, our decisions for Christ and our baptisms had been dropping. We realized that God had called us as a church to be His ambassadors. And so we believe God was leading us to move to a more central location in town and to this new school surrounded by neighbors who need Christ. And I like to share with people our old location on George Boulevard. We were in a neighborhood. We were surrounded by homes. But here in this place, the homes that surround us actually have people living in them. Praise God for that. I mentioned to you a few months ago that in our old location, which isn't too far away, about an eight-minute drive, in our old location, there were about 12,000 people living within a five-mile radius. About 12,000. Within a five-mile radius of this school we're in right now, around 78,000 people. Not a very long distance from where we used to be, but six times as many people living within five miles. What a blessing. It's one thing to hear that statistic, but it's another thing to see it every week as you come into this room and you see new faces each week. In the past three months, we've been holding Sunday services here in this school and we have seen new faces just about every Sunday come into this place. We've seen new kids, we've seen new teenagers, we've seen new adults not just come for the first time, but so many of them come back the next week and in the weeks to come. We have seen our attendance grow by more than 25%. In three months, we almost doubled the number of baptisms in three months that we had had the entire first nine months of 2019. Praise God, we've already had 11 baptisms over the last three months. And over the last three months, we've gone from having one new member in 2019 in the first nine months to having 26 new members in the past three months. I had here in my notes, let's give God a hand praise. And I, I didn't need to get to that part. You already did it. Amen. God is worthy of our praise this morning. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. And we are so grateful and so thankful for what he's done. Now, it's one thing to hear me talk about the great things that he's been doing around here. Uh, but it's much better to see them because a picture is worth a thousand words, isn't it? So DJ and back, he has prepared a little video for us to give us a snapshot of what's been taking place here over the last three months.
I try to never embarrass new attenders, new visitors. But can I beg a favor of you? If you've begun attending this church in the past three months since we've started meeting in this school, could you stand right now for just a couple moments? You can stand for just a couple moments. Sometimes I get asked the question, why is our church meeting in a school? These are the reasons our church is meeting in a school. You see, the Lord knew some things that we didn't know when we started coming over here. The Lord knew that Patricia Lloyd lived right next door in this housing track. And they needed a good church home to go to close to home. What a blessing. What a blessing. God knew... God knew that Paul needed a place to go to church and knew that Terry needed a place to go to church. And they were just baptized in the last couple months as a part of this church because we were close to home. God knew back there that Jim and his wife Diane needed a place to go to church close to home and to serve on a regular basis. And there Jim is and looks like Diane's in back serving right now. (laughs) She's got the bag of ice. God knew that Giovanni and others needed a church close to home. Knew that you guys needed to be served. And you knew that there they are, two more that were baptized, Dale and Jack, baptized at the end of October here. Raynette was given an invitation the day before our first time meeting here. And God saw that they had a need. And they came and Raynette was able to help baptize Dale and Jack when they were baptized. He knew that Wanda needed a church close to home. That Kaylee and Giovanni needed a church close to home. Evelyn, good to have you back with us today. And uh, Evelyn, I talked to her on the phone last week. She says, look for the one with red hair. I'm the only one with red hair. Evelyn, it's a blessing to have you. And there's others that have become coming to the church. Some are sick today and some are out of town. But there are so many that God has brought us. Let's just have this one last moment before I have you sit down. I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, when we look at all the hard work it takes to set up all of this and to break it down every single Sunday, when we see you come in the door, you make it so, so worth it. You make it so worth it. We are, we are so glad that you've chosen to begin attending Impact Christian Church. And we want to serve you and we want to be a blessing to your families however we can. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of our church. You may be seated. Oh, one last thing. If you were just standing, my wife and I were just talking the other day. My wife, Christine, waved to us if you haven't met Christine. Uh, we were just talking the other day. If you have just begun attending this church in the last three months, we'd like to invite you over to our home uh, in two weeks. It's going to be a Sunday, January 19th. Uh, we're going to have you over at our house at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I hope that you'll put it on your calendar. We'd love to have you over for a lunch. and It'll give us an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better, uh, to enjoy some food and fellowship. And so I'll tell you a little bit more about it next week. But we're hoping you can join us in two weeks. God has been so good to us in this location, but we've got to ask that question and answer it. Have we pleased God in this past year? Had we, have we brought pleasure to God? 
as we look at those that we have baptized, those that we have brought in to become regular, committed parts of this church, as we have participated in so many different outreaches over the last few months, I cannot help but think that the answer to that question is a resounding yes. As a church, we brought a lot of pleasure to God in 2019. Impact Christian Church, I know it hasn't been easy over the last year, but you've been so faithful, you've worked so hard, and God is smiling down on us and blessing your hard work. Good job, Impact. I'm so proud of you. Amen. And as we continue to look ahead to this new year 2020, how will we as a church continue to please God? And we'll continue to please God, the quick answer is, by carrying out that mission He gave us to love, to learn, and to serve every single week. That's the mission He gave us this last year, and He he took a complicated mission and and made it very simple for us so we could wrap our minds around it, so we can memorize it, and every week we could know it and even put it on the back of our t-shirts. This is why we are here, to love, to learn, and to serve. We'll continue to encourage each other to reach out into our community, to love and serve our friends and our family and our neighbors in meaningful ways. We know that our outreaches please God. We'll continue to invite our friends and family and neighbors to join us here on Sunday mornings because we know that when we work hard to love and serve every single person who walks through the doors, that brings pleasure to God, doesn't it? It pleases God when we love and serve every person, no matter their race, no matter their age, no matter their gender, no matter their issues, when they come in, if we love and serve them, that honors and pleases God. And as we launch our impact groups later this month, we'll have the opportunity to please God by learning His Word better than ever and forming accountability with other Christians in the process. So in 2020, we as a church will keep doing what we've been doing. We'll be loving and learning and serving others together. But since we want to please God more and more, we're going to do these things better than ever. Amen? We're going to love and learn and serve better than ever. And I think that's a New Year's resolution that we can really get behind. Amen? What a great resolution to love, learn, and serve God by loving, learning, and serving others together. And if we keep working together to love, to learn, and to serve. We had 11 baptisms in the last three months. I fully expect that if we continue to do what we're doing, working together, we shouldn't be surprised if we have 50 baptisms in 2020. Keep inviting friends and family. Keep inviting your neighbors. Keep doing what you're doing as you're serving here at the church. Keep giving, keep loving, keep serving and working together. That is a small goal to accomplish when God is involved and He is pleased with what we're doing. If we keep working together, not only do I believe we're going to see 50 baptisms this year, I believe we're going to touch and transform many more lives by the power of the gospel for Jesus Christ. And best of all, God is going to be so pleased. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for taking pleasure in what we do for Christ. Lord, it boggles my mind to think that Here I am as some little pipsqueak preacher in this little podunk town of Victorville on this tiny little planet called Earth in the middle of this vast, huge universe. Lord, we can't fully wrap our minds around why you care about us. 
why you concern yourselves with us. But we know that you do. You love us. You created us for a purpose. And we thank you for bringing us to this church together and giving us a mission that will allow us to please you. Lord, we don't want to go back to the old ways of being self-serving, of being self-focused. We are new creations in Christ. Help us to view people as you view them, with love and compassion and a desire to see them saved. Lord, help us to to work selflessly, selflessly, Lord, for the good of others and the advancement of the cause of Christ. Lord, as we've worked hard over the last three months, some of us maybe, Lord, are getting a little tired of setting up chairs. Give us stamina. Give us perseverance. I thank you so much, Lord, for all of those who were just standing a few moments ago that have become a part of our church in these last few months. What a blessing it is to have them coming with their families. And others, Lord, that weren't able to make it today, Melissa and her family, we thank you for them. What a blessing they are. Lord, we thank you for Crystal and her family that have become so involved in recent months and helped us with outreaches. Be with them as they're out of town today. Be with others, Lord, that aren't here today. We lift them up to you. Would you touch and bring healing to those dealing with illnesses? Would you touch and bring healing to those who are grieving the loss of loved ones? Would you protect those on the open road, Lord, those that are traveling? And Father, I pray for anyone here or anyone that's listening to this Facebook broadcast who is discouraged or hurting, that you would lift them up in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, be with those who need your love and your grace and your mercy today. And if, Lord, we need to be your mouthpiece, speaking encouragement or peace or strength into their lives, speak through us today to those who need to hear a word from you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for watching. Please share this video with friends and family. Please visit our website at greaterimpact.cc. God bless. Thank you.